Hello, I'm David Sanborn, and welcome to As We Speak. On this week's show, I speak with the extraordinary saxophonist Emmanuel Wilkins, a fresh voice with a sound and perspective well beyond his years. Boom. Emmanuel Wilkins. Boom. Man, what a great, great pleasure to, to, to finally talk to you. And actually, we've never met. We did a, a jazz cruise, a Blue Note at Sea uh, cruise. That's right. But we never met on no, that cruise, no. you know. You're right. And, and, and looking back on that, it was, uh, you know, my loss, really. No, because, no, no. Uh, that was mine. <laughs> when I heard you play, it was stunning. Oh, man. You know, I, I know that you're very fond of the word sprezzatura as d- describing kind of your approach to music life in, in, in general. And it's one of my favorite words. There was a, an Italian playboy kind of, he was named Johnny Agnelli. He was the heir to the fiat fortune. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he, uh, he was one of those guys who raced cars and, you know, beautiful women, cried, blah, blah, blah. He had all this okay. stuff going on. And, um, you know, he used to dress with this casual elegance and yep. it was always described as sprezzatura and it was like, you know, the the art of making something difficult look easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you use that word uh, to kind of, in a sense, describe your music, and I thought, you know, and then I listened to, especially this last, last record, uh, it really describes it per- perfectly because you make what is... I know, difficult to seem effortless and easy. And it's just so like calming and, and zen. And I think that sensibility permeates everything that you do. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, you know, it's, it's funny you brought up Agnelli. Agnelli you know, that, that may have been where I've found, found a word too for the first time. I was, I was really into menswear when I was growing up, like mm-hmm. really in the suits and stuff. And, uh, and so I think I adopted that kind of idea of Sprezzatura pretty early on, maybe from that same place, maybe from, from Agnelli. Uh, I've always tried to uh, kind of approach approach all of what I've done with kind of the idea of kind of why not, you know, uh, why not do more? Why not, um, yeah. you know, try to try to make, make everything seem as, as easy as possible. And even if it's uh, maybe quote unquote harder music, um, trying to kind of approach it the same way that I approach, you know, playing the blues or, or you know, playing standards, um, and and still kind of incorporating all those sensibilities that we know and love about the music. Um, I think I also uh, had the, you know, fortune to grow up around a lot of older musicians and a lot of older people who would often complain about, you know, the state of jazz music, complain about younger musicians and what, you know. Uh, what was lacking in the scene, and and that also kind of um, colored the way that I, uh, you know, thought about the music and even critiqued my own playing and, and my own writing, and uh, you know, also just really colored how I wanted to see the world of jazz music kind of move forward. Um, one of those things was, you know, oh man, cats are swinging no more, cats are playing the blues, you know, like a lot of fundamentals. Um, I started to really become aware of the lack thereof you know in in mm-hmm. uh the music um and and also just i think you know because jazz is so improvisatory and and you know it changes at what every 10 years uh it's it's so hard to enact change and to 
to com- continue to innovate, continue to challenge uh, certain things and still incorporate, you know, what now is like a hundred plus years of music that, uh, yeah. you know, we have to kind of put on our backs, you know, which is yeah. uh, daunting, you know, but I, I think that is the, uh, that's the challenge. That's what's incumbent upon my generation. You know, I think, you know, for Louis Armstrong, it might've been, you know, 10, 20 years of music he had to reference, but he yeah. also didn't have the access we had. He didn't have the, you know, and also he was opening the door for such a, you know, for the music to even start, yeah. he, you know, for, for that is, that's, that's imagination, you know, that's, um, yeah, exactly. you know, for yeah. us, you know, we have YouTube, we got, you know, streaming services, however, you know, it, it be, be what it is, you know, if we like it or not. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, uh, absolutely. I mean, that, the 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 idea that 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 there's so much to incorporate all the history of the music i mean mm-hmm. i know you've talked about you, you know if you want to focus in on a few people you talk about uh chewberry yeah know, and his sense of swing his playing seemed effortless and a lot of those guys back then especially people like him and lester young there was mm-hmm. like a there was like a grace and an effortless to their playing mm-hmm. it was a lyricism but it was grounded in a real knowledge and understanding and control of their instrument. And I think yeah. what I hear with you is like, you know, you're you're kind of skirting the fact that you are a virtuoso player. And, you oh, know, it, it's all well and good to, uh, you know, talk about, well, you know, I just want to, you know, be relaxed and zen and all this. But you have to have the goods, you know, and you came with the goods. So you... You've clearly put in time in order to end, have it end up sounding so effortless. It's like a figure skater. You know, the, you see these people go out on the ice and you go, oh, I can do that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh yeah? Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Knock yourself out. You know, You're right. and I, I, just going through this, the, the album, I mean, the, the, the opening tune, Emanation, right? It's yeah. just like, you know, it's, it's going like this. But you come in and it's just like, you know, you're, you're just singing and, and it's just, the stuff is spinning out and flowing. The band is extraordinary. I mean, Kwaku uh, Sumbri, uh, yep, the, the yeah. drummer. I mean, uh, the conversation between you and uh, all the people. I mean, it's, uh, it's a four-way conversation. And it's yes, clear indeed. that, you know, you're you're moving like this and you turn on a dime and just like oh yeah okay fugitives ritual sailor yeah that that is an extraordinary piece of music oh thank you i mean it it has you know elements of folk and clearly elements of the church you can hear the cadences you know that that you're playing and it's trance like in in a good way it just brings you into this meditative state and i I think that i i mean clearly I mean, I'm assuming that that kind of was your intent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think going into writing this kind of body of music, I uh, was doing a lot of study into just like various spiritual practices, how like and, and how these things can be kind of synthesized into the music kind of in a uh, maybe literal way. You know, um, I thought about like uh, maybe why John Coltrane's music sounds like church to all of us, you know? And yes. Yeah. And it's not because it actually is like churchy, but it it has like these kind of uh, literal spiritual elements to it. St- stuff like, I mean, drones. You know, thinking about uh, 
you know, modality, thinking about, um, I mean, repetition, chanting, you know, a love supreme or, or even just the idea of like playing a thing over and over. I think these are all, um, I don't know, I, those things kind of put you into that trance. They put you into this state. I think there's something about the practice, you know, that, um, generates a certain feeling uh, that I was really interested in with all of that. Yeah, I, I think what, what, certainly what came across to me was the, the idea, you know, drawing on the chemistry that you guys have. Rather than sounding repetitive, it sounds, it's just, it brings you in and it becomes a prayer. You Indeed. Know, it becomes this prayer that like, you know, I find myself at the end of that, especially that piece, you know, it was just like, you feel like you're in a state of grace. Oh, you know, when, when, you, when you hear that, that, that music, I mean, I listen to it over and over again, and there's so many dimensions to it that, you know, it's, it's like um, there's a sense of wonder, but there's a sense of confidence as well as humility. Mm, I mean, and, and to be able to emanate all of those feelings it's like to me that's that's what we're supposed to be doing oh man you know, yeah i appreciate it Lou. you know it, it's it's to get it's to be in that state you know as much as you yeah. can because because frankly i mean that's the juice that's what keeps me bring, coming back to the music is those moments where you transcend the physical yeah. reality of where you are Instead of four guys, you become one. Mm -hmm. And it's like all yeah. of a sudden you're there and you can't screw up. Yeah, yeah, you know, you yeah. look around and it's like, you know, someone, you're, I, uh, I got you. You're you know right. You're I mean? right. There's, you're right. There's nothing. That's the, that's a healthy addiction. As I get older, the, the spiritual aspects of, of music become more and more important to me. And mm. the fact that you, at, at this stage in your life, are not only conscious of it, but really, uh, um, you know, ex exemplifying that, that, that you, you know, you, uh, you know, demonstrated in the music. Now you guys have been together. This is like Micah Thomas, Daryl Johns, uh, mm -hmm. Kwaku Sumbri. You guys have been together for quite a while. How many years? Yeah. I, I think, uh, at this point, uh, six years going on wow. seven. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's remarkable the, the chemistry that you've developed. It, it's Thank just you. it's like uh, it's like what 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 those uh, fighter jets that do demonstrations at air shows, the Blue <laughs> Angels. Yes, you guys are like no no supersonic speed, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're just moving it for, and it's like there, 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 there's so many uh, elements to that. You grew up in in Philly, right? Yep, yep. So you know, there. I mean, the, the musical heritage of that city is so rich. I mean, you know, it's people that, from Philly that I played with, Christian McBride and Joey D. Francesco yeah. and Kurt Rosenwinkel, uh, absolutely. All these all these people that you know uh, that I have experience with, and and you know, people that came before Benny Golson, and uh, you know, Train spent a lot of time there. Yeah, Benny Golson indeed. told me that he and Train used to practice together over at his house oh man you know and and to to grow up come up in that kind of where that was in the air you know and you grew up yeah. in, in the church you played 
piano in the church at a very early age, like you were not even 10. Right? Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I, I, start, I started off with saxophone and I kind of started playing everything kind of out of just being a utilitarian uh, member. You know, I was like, okay, we need a bass player. So I would like kind of fiddle around at the bass. We need a drummer one Sunday. So I'd play drums. Need a piano player, so I'd hop on the piano, and so then piano kind of became uh, kind of a, a place that I I felt like I had the most agency over mm -hmm. the service, you know, and mm. it also was a um, maybe a, a, a daunting just task on myself because I, I felt that I had to be really in tune with maybe uh, the the spiritual vibes of the service just to see where things were moving because I did have a lot of power in terms of context. You know, the piano is kind of the contextual instrument. Yeah. And so whether that was playing behind uh, a preacher or playing behind, you know, someone just giving announcements, I had to really be sensitive to um, maybe what the uh, spiritual error was at that moment. Um, and I, I kind of got obsessed with that sort of agency. And and um, I that that's kind of how I started really wanting to write music and um i felt like i could maybe create worlds you know i could create scenes and context and also i guess you could not only you know invest yourself in the moment but help to lead the moment and become exactly. a voice not only of 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 you know involvement but also okay let me you know because of what i am doing here on the piano I can help lead it and I can plug in and kind of, you know, take things where they were already going. Mm -hmm, so let exactly. Me, let me define it a little more for you and just, you know, and there's yeah. such power in that. You're playing on the opening tune. I like had to, I had to sit down. You know, it was like, and, that, and, that, and on Lighthouse too, it was like, Jesus. Oh man, it's it's really. I mean, I I know I'm kind of laying it on here, but I, I'm I'm expressing a a real a honest reaction to what what the music did to me, and and I I think you know I I you know I hear this music and I say you know what everything is okay. Well, the future, is o future is okay. You know, because well, it's it's you know it's a I mean. It, it is complimentary, but it's also the truth. You know, I, I keep going back to that idea of the spirituality, but I, I really feel that, you know, strongly in your music. Uh, when, when you're working these things out, when you're writing the music with the, the, the specific group of people in mind. You know, when I first started writing, um, I mean, I was in high school, I didn't even have a band yet. And so I was writing for, uh, for the band in my mind, you know, um, but uh, I think, at, at this point in the game, um, uh, th this has been kind of, we've been together for maybe, yeah, six or seven years now. So uh, I do have the luxury of, of really having a, a pretty kind of vivid imagination of, of what it's going to sound like when mm -hmm. I bring it to them. And it's actually forced me, it's pushed me to now begin to write music that it kind of tries to subvert that. Like I want to write music now that I don't know what it's going to sound like because I, I've gotten so I've gotten so comfortable in like knowing you know what they all do and and being able to kind of you know point my pen in that in their direction you know I kind of want to get to a point where 
uh, I can write music where I look at the page at the end of it and say, oh, I have no idea what it's going to sound like. Let's try it, you know? <laughs> so I don't know. Try to stay out of your comfort zone. Yeah, in a, yeah. In a way, yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's always the, that, that, all, that really can be a challenge because in one sense it's like, oh, this feels so good. But in the other yep. sense, you know, on the other side of that is, okay, it's, it, things stop. And the reality yeah. is things don't stop. You're right. It's like a shark, you got to keep moving through the water. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I've tried to write towards all of our weaknesses. You know, I, I really like, we often, like everyone in the band kind of spends a lot of time listening back to ourselves and and we have kind of, you know, a lot of fastidious conversations around um, how we think about the music and, and uh, even how we're playing it. And so it's often kind of times where I'll write leaning towards things that I know we need to work on, you know, uh, I'll try yeah. to really lean into it. And it forces us to have to, because we all want to sound good at the end of the day. That's, you know, the ego, whether it's small or big, you know, it always yeah. creeps in there. And that's, that's the interesting thing about this is like, it's always a push pull thing. And, yep. and that, but that's, that's a function of being a human being. You're right. And, and You're living right. in the moment, you know, we're always in motion and we're all, it's always that dynamic of like, mm. you know, ego and, and, I don't even know the what alternative to that would you know devotion or selflessness, yeah. and and you know commitment to move and stop being comfortable. It's always that little bit of uh, uh, tension that helps keep things moving because you're right. You know if we're truly going to live in the moment, which is the the goal of, I think what we're trying to get across and in a way communicate to other people through the music is like. Things are happening now, mm -hmm. you know, it's not yesterday, it's not tomorrow. And that's got nothing to do with cultural references, musical references, anything. It's about music happens in the now. And how, yep. do, how do we not only be that and, and, and embody that and, and personify that, but how do we actually make it happen? You're and right. I mean, you know, and I, I, I just hear that, that kind of searching quality in your music. And, mm. you know, it's just don't, don't, don't get too comfortable because... Living in the moment is hard. I read somewhere that you have, you played on a Bob Dylan track or, you know, stuff here and there. I mean, you know, you go in the studio and they weren't there. You just kind of did an overdub. And... There was a couple, uh, yeah, the uh, the Bob Dylan track was the overdub. Yes, it was in the studios with uh, Mr. Marsalis. When Marsalis, uh, that one, no Bob Dylan, but he was in the he was in the cans. Yeah, and I I, I did some work with Solange. I, I did uh, a, a a fair amount of of live shows with with Solange Knowles, and that was, I mean, that was great. She was she was actually uh, really involved in all the process and um, super. I mean, super just interested in like. I mean, uh, we did a show at the Guggenheim, and we played like three at the end of the show. We just had like three improvisations for. Wow. Two minutes, two, three minutes. Yeah, it was, I mean, she's she's pretty, uh, you know, adventurous and um, wide open just in terms of, you know, what she's thinking about. But yeah, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I, I've also done, a, a, I mean, I would love to do more, I've, but I've done a fair amount of work. I've, I've always tried to get around uh, older cats who, who have been out here. Um, I've been working with Kenny Barron a lot recently. Mm. And that's oh, been, man. I mean... Uh, yeah. uh, you know, game changer for me, uh, Mr. Elegance. Um, 
Yeah, right? definitely. Talk about Spetsatora, man. You're right. <laughs> There's he a got good it. example he of that. that. Yeah. So I'm. I mean, I'm thankful, man. I'm. I'm thankful. At at my young age, I've, I've, I've had a lot of formative experiences. I think um, that have really helped me, and and I'm, mm-hmm. I owe everything to, to to all these people. You know, it's great to have you know that kind of gratitude and humility about what you do, and and the sense that you know it's just uh, what's before you is like an open sky. You know, you just mm-hmm. you know go forth in, un, into the world and and do these things. You know, do you have yeah. do you have any other uh, ideas in mind about what you're gonna what you're working on now and what you're gonna uh, uh, be doing? Yeah, you know, uh, I think a, a lot of um, how I even maybe see my career uh, playing out, at least for now, um, is just uh, I it things just get bigger and bigger. You know, um, mm-hmm. I wanna I wanna really figure out ways to actually help the community you know um mm-hmm. and find ways to ha- you know that my band can function as uh not only um not only just people who play music which is one type of service but you know there are people who are hungry you know how do we yes. how do we use our our platform or our music to feed people how do we um you know use our uh, just any sort of help you know I, I think um maybe on the ground uh change not the not the fleeting, uh, you know, ephemeral, you know, soundscape of of help, but maybe um, alchemical and oral and like, you know, in 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 the flesh, maybe you know, if I can, if I can do that, I, I think that's kind of where I, where I'm where I'm at now. Um, and just you know, working with I, I love collaborating with with different uh, disciplines, so that's always been kind of a, a part of my practice, and I think that's another way to kind of uh help you know largen the scope of maybe what's possible for me you know now i, I know you've collaborated with uh, several visual artists and there's a filmmaker yeah colleen smith yeah colleen smith can you yeah. talk about that a little bit and what h- how you see that because i'm very my, my wife is is a visual artist as well and the idea of the the uh the interaction between the the visual realm and and the uh, audible realm because i i i uh, there was a theater director named peter brook uh, mm. years ago wrote uh, uh wrote a book about uh, directing and acting called the, the empty space okay and he said okay the stage is an empty space and what what you do is you go on there and interpret the space so wow. in a way you interrupt the silence in a way so that you end up treating the the space and how you fill it as being equal so and then transferring that over to to music you understand that the sound and the silence are of equal weight so that you mm. use those silences with with a, a, a amount of respect and understand that that's what make gives the sound meaning is because of the You're space right. that you leave and then you know you go to great artists like like miles davis who is a master of that space. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, he lets the note ring, and then, you know, it's like that, or or great, great artists like, you know, uh, Picasso or de Kooning or any of those yeah. people. And uh, you, uh, you know, you understand that that it's, it's a part of the same kind of discipline about, you know, informing people and, and shining a light on the human condition. 
So You're right. can, can you talk a little bit about uh, the the your collaborations with Colleen? Yeah, um, you know, I, I actually just kind of reached out to her just because I was such a fan of her work. Um, and I've also uh, really just been kind of in the, uh, well, I mean, visual art as a as a whole and specifically filmmaking. And during that period, filmmaking was a real, experimental films specifically had, had been kind of um, something I was really interested in. Uh, and I really just loved Colleen's work. Um, she did some uh, stuff. I think she had just got finished doing some work in Philadelphia and I maybe seen a, a piece in person. And then she had a, oh yeah, then she had a whole exhibition up at the Whitney in New York City that I went to. Um, and so I just reached out. We we started talking about ideas. Um, she graciously was was open to to creating something with me. Um, and yeah, we kind of just uh, we it, there was just a lot of discourse. There was a lot of talking. I sent her, um, you know, a bunch of kind of verbiage on uh, the seventh hand about the record and uh, what I was thinking about song to song. Um, and uh, yeah, we kind of came up with with something that became kind of deeply coded stuff that um sometimes when i look at the film that uh she made for for my piece i i don't even sometimes i don't even understand how we got to the the answers that we got to you know the kind of these conclusions or that's uh, the visual. best yeah it was super cool you know i i was yeah. really uh, like i kind of loved that i love watching it and being like man like how, yeah, how did we how did we land on the the ropes or the you know jumping rope or whatever you know? Um, so yeah, I mean I don't know. She's but she's she's a genius. She's such a great create creative person, a great artist. So I mean it's an honor to work with her. Yeah, you know, I mean at doing what we do, it's such a privilege and and an honor to be doing something that is we can be be involved in a collaborative and creative process. Yeah. And produce these things that hopefully can shine a light for other people. Of like this is this is how I see the world, filtered through my eye, and this is what you know. Th this is my perspective, yeah. and you know, hopefully you can illuminate people's lives through your art because that's what all art always meant to me. Whether it was yeah. you know Monet or Kehinde Wiley or or mm -hmm. whoever it was, it was like you know I feel changed after experiencing art and I, I changed after experiencing music i mean i'm there are several you know records in my life that i that changed me you know yeah. um cold sweat yeah you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, Definitely. uh you know uh miles davis esp you know yeah. um uh, the album crescent yeah, you know, that and and um, you know, Love Supreme, but all these albums have like, you know, my world was different after I heard yeah. this music. You know, I just wanted to be part of it. I, I I had no aspirations or ambitions to do anything other than I just need to be a part of this because I want to mm -hmm. live in this world where transformation and transcendence is the job. You're right. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's totally. A, that's a good job, man. It's a you great know. job. You're right. I, I mean, and it's like to be able to do that is like is a is a great blessing, you know. And yeah. uh, I I just uh, 
you know, and and you know, here I go laying it on again, but it's it's true. When I hear an artist like you that really embodies that, it, it's really exciting to me because I yeah. see that you know it's another example of you know the this the future is is open, you know. And mm. I, I was I was just thinking about the the last tune on the on on the CD lift, yeah. which is that long. I mean, it's like it was like you. I mean, I'm assuming you guys were just playing. You were. Oh yeah. It was just. Yep. It was free, and there was there was an angularity to it, but it was like yeah. so engaging, and there it still maintained that spirit of of uh, that meditative yeah. kind of calm, even though there was more activity. You yeah. Know, uh, that that it was. Nice. Uh, yeah. And I, I'm assuming was that the, the case with when you did that tune? Was it more like? Let's just see what happens. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, you know, the idea of that piece, I, I kind of told the band, I want us to like, what happens if we can improvise maybe uh, following through the energy of all six movements that lead up to that one? You know, can we can we like embody en the energy? If, if you added, you know, all six songs together, what would that kind of feel like? Um, and yeah, you know, I do think that with free free improvisation with with uh, you know stuff stuff like that, it's um, it is a meditative space. It is kind of a space of of uh, maybe nothingness, like some sort of you know becoming some sort of vessel where you feel like um, you're not doing active thought. It's all subconscious thought. You know, you're allowing your subconscious to kind of move you, your intuition to move you. It's such a, a a great pleasure to talk to you, man. And uh, I I just hope that uh, I get the opportunity to hear you hear you live uh, at some point soon, either out there on the road or or you know when you're playing in the city, you know. Indeed, man. come and hear you. It's uh, you have my admiration and respect and and all man, of that, that man. That yeah. means a whole lot, man. I, you know, I grew up listening to you quite literally, man. You know, man, I'm such a big fan. You know that. <laughs> but thank you it's very much. I, I appreciate it. I'm just, you know, just trying to get from here to there. I know. hear that. I but hear that's that. the fun. You yep. know, yep. it's all the process. You know, you, know, you got to fall in love with the process. Emmanuel Wilkins, a pleasure to talk to you, man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. This has been As We Speak, a podcast from WBGO Studios. This episode was produced by Trevor Smith. Billy Robinson is our executive producer. And the president and CEO of WBGO is Stephen A. Williams. I'm David Sanborn. <laughs>